Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Vince and Zach. We are here to talk about uh, the beginning of the Night Terrors event, the event taking over DC Comics for July and August of 2023. First up, we have Night Terrors First Blood, number one, written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Howard Porter. Now, you might be confused into thinking this is the first issue of the series, but it's not. <laughs> it's somehow a prequel again, but it's sort of the first issue of the series. I don't really know. Vince, start us off with this. I mean, it. it I it. It's not the first issue of the series proper, but I feel like you will. You do need to read this if you're. I mean, how was the event pitched to us? One of the Justice League of America's first villains shows up dead, uh, kicking off a mystery that will take them across the blah 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 of the DC, right? Well, that happens in this issue. So, um, it this is, is the a, first this event. is a zero issue essentially. Hey, why is it not? Why why did they call it this? Why did they do Night Terror's first blood number one? Why did they call it that? Why isn't this just Night Terror's number one? That's also yeah. Why is it not a five issue series? Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't understand anything more anymore. And, 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 and I don't you, like you this. know you know this is going to be collected with the regular series. Yeah, yeah. When they collect yeah. it, it has to be in there. So just make it issue zero or issue one something. There has to be some logic to this that we just don't understand. No. I, yeah. I, maybe not. I don't know. What I well, also don't get, I'm sorry, Vince. Uh, no, sure. Go ahead. Is just that if this is, if this is not the first real issue of this event, then why did it come out the same week as other issues and not as a before thing right like well and the fact that like there are tie-ins to the series before the series proper yes exactly that's my point yeah why yeah. why <laughs> like the first issue isn't going to come out until what like the third week of this event or something uh-huh uh is that correct well let me check yeah, I know. Let, it's me, next let week. me consult our friends at the League of Comic Geeks. No, no, is, or, is, yeah, at, is it the it second is. week? I I'm looking at the official checklist. Yeah, it's it's uh, next week. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's also uh, apologies to everyone involved. Not that good. Not pretty good. It's it's. <laughs> I would say it's pretty bad. There, there's there's nothing here. Like why I don't. Everything that we kind of feared that this would be like, oh, yet another like dark alt- alternative look at the DCU. What if these characters' worst nightmares came true? It's exactly what we feared it was, and also somehow less than that. Yeah, as I somebody mean... as somebody who read every book in the first week of this, it's incredible how thin it all is it's um i've talked about how other books recently by a certain writer have often felt like they are just being written by an ai and there's literally a a point in the the batman issue that is like you you tie you, you shoved in all the SEO terms you need to tell a Batman story, and what you get is Martha Wayne's pearls, gigantified, rolling and rolling at <laughs> Bruce Wayne. 
Yeah, I mean the fucking pearls of, of it all, right? Like it's just it's the the pearls of it all. It's it's just it doesn't stop. It never stops. This is a constant barrage of the same imagery. Uh, we'll get we'll get to that. That's 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 in the second. Sure. Yeah, it is, um, it is, yeah. I do want to say this. I think that Howard Porter is a good fit for this type of a story because Howard Porter's work sort of lives on the on the edge of like traditional superhero work but also weird surrealist dreamscape stuff at times and can be a little bit messy and a little bit sort of um you know sacrifice i mean i don't think it's a sacrifice but someone say you know sacrificing sort of consistency and realism for a more stylized take and so i think that visually he's a good fit for this that said, I don't think this is necessarily great A plus Porter work, Same but it's yet. but it's not bad. I mean, it's just you know, I, I think he's a good fit, but I think that he has done better in the past. It, it feels a little bit more rushed and less, you know, uh, refined than his typical work. I would say. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and I would say like conceptually, even though you know, like it is pretty. You know, we had our fears and concerns about it being kind of just like a, uh, you know, dark, uh, a death metal or or Dark Knights rehash kind of thing, and and it is that. But I I also do feel like there is like like a kernel of an interesting idea here with like tying it to john d and and you know the the dreamstone and this like new version of the dreamstone like there's a nugget of a of a good idea here it's just how rote the execution is and like how just bland the dialogue is and just how mad all comes across what i don't understand about this issue in particular is I, I guess who the who the over the top explanations of like who Dead Man is like who is that for? Who is picking up this book that doesn't have enough of an, an idea who Dead Man is that you don't need to go through like Boston Brand was a monster or whatever like that kind of shit? Like there's a lot Zatanna does not get that in this issue, right? They say we have to go find Zatanna. And there's enough context clues that if you didn't know who Zatanna is, you can figure it out pretty easily. But it's over the top with Dead Man. And even the stuff with like Diana and and Clark, there is like well, well established, well trod stuff about each of their characteristics. Like, you know, Superman has no power bigger than his heart. Like, we don't need that stuff anymore. There is so much time wasted in this issue on shit like that and then when it gets to the actual story i feel like there are people who probably could have used more of a primer on the the dreamstone and all that stuff i feel like there's so much time wasted on the stuff that doesn't need to be there and then the stuff that maybe could have helped people out is glossed over in a way that feels a little rushed to me this this the pacing of this is is among the worst modern dc event books i can remember yeah there's also like a lot of weird forced dialogue referencing like current events like the bit about 
Bruce and and the failsafe storyline <laughs> yes. and and like Clark working with Lex, you know, just just yeah. like so that you can have an editor's box directing people to the ongoings. That was going to be my my I was going to mention that in reference to what Brian said about you know, giving me perhaps giving Boston Brand too much of a of an exposition and not enough for like Satana and Detective Chimp. There's a lot of stuff in here, and of course, throughout the tie-ins, because so many of the tie-ins are based somewhat in the current continuity of of whatever book the characters are from. Um, yeah, you. It's it's almost like this book wants to be something for new uninitiated readers who haven't been reading um, Dawn of DC and yet has all these explicit ties to Dawn of DC that aren't explained all that well. Um, and don't need to be either. Right. Do, do we, do we need a failsafe explanation in this? No, I don't think so. Uh, other than, other than there are people, I mean, I've been accused of being I've maybe I could maybe accuse myself of being this kind of person who does need to feel like this takes anchors somewhere within continuity, you know. But I don't need a cursory reference like that to 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 accomplish that, you know. Yeah. Um I maybe need a book I maybe need a book running alongside this that feels like it was actually affected by it. That's that's what I need. That's when we talk about like continuity at DC and like all the books rowing in the same direction. I don't want these like cursory expository references saying like, uh, hey, re remember what just happened to me in Batman number one, whatever. No, I want whatever event is going on in the DC universe to actually feel like it affects the ongoing books in a material way. But this this feels decidedly so. And I don't think they ever sold it to us as other otherwise as a pause couple of months. Yes. Mm. You know, I have thoughts about that. I, I guess we can get into those now. But like. Do we feel that we have unfairly written this off because of its status as a pause month event. Before it even started, were we going into this kind of holding our noses because this is just the latest endless winter or convergence or whatever else was, you know, one of those events that was set up to help the, the publishing line feel stronger six months down the road? Um, I won't speak for you guys, but I will say, you know, you remember me being a, a at least a little bit optimistic in the DMs about this. Yeah. Um, just saying, you know, I liked some of the art and, you know, I would go in with an open mind, but I, I will say it after reading just even just the first week of books, I now I've almost completely written it off. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I... I think that we kind of saw it for what it was as as a skip month or, you know, a break couple of, of months. But I think DC was kind of trying to build it up as something more than it is. You know, it was like on the the roadmap for the dawn of DC as like the first big event, mm -hmm. um, which I think was a bit disingenuous. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, see, I, I, I'm really of two minds about this because you all know my love for the 90s DC stuff. And I think back to like Final Night or um, Final Night's a good example because that really yeah. did touch like almost every book in DC. And so in the course of Final Night, there's I specifically remember one really really good issue of um uh the, the powers of Shazam that was just like a a fantastic tie-in where you got a real sense for what the event was you also got a really good story featuring the characters that are in that book and although not a ton of stuff from that issue necessarily would wind up affecting you know, month to month stuff in that title, it never felt like it wasn't taking place within the books that you wanted. And I wonder if just because of DC deciding that its events are now primarily going to fall into these break month things, if we're ever going to get what Vince is talking about again, which is the the events feeling like they really matter. I think the only events that are ever going to feel that way are the events that DC deems crisis worthy and i don't i don't i don't mean just with a crisis in the title yeah but the stuff that is really you know big time i mean look we didn't and this is for a lot of reasons but when you think about how big of a deal doomsday clock was supposed to be that was never reflected in the monthly books Mm -hmm. Uh, and there there was like there's a lot of other reasons why that happened but that was never reflected in the monthly books Dark Crisis was certainly the metal books were, but has any other event since Rebirth affected the stuff happening month to month? Line wide. Obviously, there are these sort of mini events that happen in the Superman books or whatever, but has anything happened uh, in the DC universe that has that has been felt across all these titles? Not really, because every time, like, if you think about metal and death metal, again, it was only the most cursory references, I feel like if if it was either it was either going to take over a book entirely like Supergirl or uh, Justice League or Justice League, which was yeah. Or the book was going to essentially act like it didn't exist. Right. Yeah. Or a book got canceled and because it didn't have anything to do with the event. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess more than anything, like whether this is, whether this has actual ties to the DCU or actually affects the books in any meaningful way. I think what I'm most disappointed on is just how thin it is, how thin the premise is, how it's so clearly reaching for something um, that it's not actually going to be and, and, and kind of doing a, a bad job of selling itself as something new. And, and specifically there's a part where, Oh, I can't remember if it's in the first blood issue or if it's in the Batman issue we'll talk about, but um, there's a part where this insomnia villain, the main, the villain of the event is named insomnia. It's a new character. He says, he basically says, I don't have the exact quote, but he says, uh, I, I'm not like uh, Dr. Jonathan Crane. 
that's in the Batman issue. Oh, it's in the Batman. Okay, but it's still still it apply. It's it's the villain's main thesis for this series. So I'm just gonna say it now. But he basically says, "I'm not like the Scarecrow," and it feels like it's trying to tell the reader, like, "Oh, this isn't what you think it is. This isn't." Same old, same old. This isn't the thing that James Tynion was doing. What was that Batman uh, event? Fear called? State. Fear yeah, State. Fear State. This isn't Fear State. This is something else. Because he says, like, you're in charge of the nightmare. <laughs> yep. it's, it's, and it's like, come Gotta be your on. bull. Yeah, it's gotta be your bull. It is, and it is bull. That's yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, that that line it made me my eyes almost rolled out of my head because I was like, "No, this is, it's the same. It's it it's not materially different than doing Fear State again." And we were all sick of that halfway through. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess the only material difference is that was like very much a Batman story, and this is a this is a Justice League story ostensibly. Or yes. a DC Universe story. Yes, but um, but two weeks two weeks in, who does it feel like is driving the narrative? Yeah, Batman, ba- yeah. Batman, yeah, of Damien, and the villain himself is from Gotham, Gotham. So yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I mean, you're not wrong, but I I I don't have any faith that by the end of this, it's not just going to be like. Batman and Damien leading a charge that happens to also involve Superman and Wonder Woman. If it's, Hey, if it spins out and sprawls out and becomes something more than that, I'm going to be happy, I guess, but I just don't, this first week really took it out of me. Hello, denizens of earth 1218. We're the hosts of make mine multiversity, a twice monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make mine multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. Let's just talk about this first issue a little bit more before we move on to the Batman issue, specifically. Sure. Um, I did want to talk about this idea of which I I thought was something very different than what it turned out to be, and I'm bummed out by it. There's a moment where Batman basically hits something on his costume and says, "No sleep till Gotham," which is obviously a Beastie Boys reference, so I approve. But I thought that there was going to be something where he was going to force himself to stay awake. Mm-hmm. Where he was. I saw this as like there have been times when Batman has injected himself with adrenaline or whatever it is, right? That this would be like he does do in this. He does do this, and yes, exactly. But this would be like some sort of like basically getting him, giving him speed until he, you know, until he can stop. So he can't fall asleep. So he can't fall victim to that. And Mm -hmm. I thought like, oh, that's actually a pretty fun idea to have Batman just like getting progressively more exhausted and having to keep like basically drugging himself that, that, that could lead to good stories and that's not at all what happened here um, yeah. and that's a bummer and there's just a lot of there's just a lot of moments in this book that don't feel that feel like they're about to go someplace interesting 
and then everything is turned back into something that's really not all that interesting. I mean, I I have to give Williamson some credit here. Like he manages to get Harley Quinn in this in a way that feels somewhat um natural. Mm-hmm. We know we have to get Harley Quinn involved in everything, and he does that in in a fine way, I suppose. Yeah, but, that that's actually like kind of a coolish status quo for Harley Quinn to be like working at Arkham Tower. Yeah. I yeah, don't know. I, if, I don't know if she is working there. If she was just there, but I I, I kind of couldn't tell. But interesting idea. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about this, Zach? Um. There again, like I just I think there is like a a kernel of a good idea here. There's a there's an interesting bit where they there was like an offhand bit of dialogue where you know they talked about the realms of dream and death being related almost like brother and sister which i thought was a pretty funny little nod to sandman yeah that's mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. um but yeah no not not much else vince anything about this first issue um well they have to also include a scene where where uh, amanda waller is watching closely the events yes. that are coming yeah. because, this, do because it. it matters <laughs> yep yep it reminded me of the drill tweet where where he's like, uh, Obama's crack team of NSA goons is watching me take a shit. <laughs> oh, he's scooting back so his dick doesn't touch the seat. This guy's good. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to the second book of the week, which is uh night terrors, Batman number one written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Guillaume March. Another artist. that's a good fit for this book. You know, like, I'm the, the Guillaume March appreciator. Yes. Yes. Um, and what did you think of the sec since you are the Guillaume March appreciator? Um, I, I actually probably, I liked this issue a lot better than the, the first blood issue. I mean, if only for the art, but I, I actually know it, it was for the art and the designs. Like I did, I did think that March really had some cool um, character designs, which we, we've seen a little bit of in the preview art here, um, specifically with like um, some of the stuff and, you know, the stuff in Bruce's nightmare realm, especially like where um, partway through the issue, a, like giant bat monster that like I don't know Vince did did you get like Chainsaw Man vibes immediately yeah. from that like which... yeah, well that's kind of what made me lose my mind in the preview art when I when, when I was DMing you guys about this because mm-hmm. I really liked that I mean as goofy as it is I'm accepting that it's very goofy but I dug it and yeah that's exactly that's a great reference Chainsaw Man I had that character written down as the man bat who laughs with a gun face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I, you know, I thought that was cool. Um, Yeah. All the, all the artwork was, was really good. I I thought, I just think like Guillaume Arch is one of the most noteworthy bat artists of the last decade. Um, I think like severely underrated. Mm Mm-hmm um and so and so this this was like a a really good issue visually to me but um otherwise man just like we're we're doing crime alley again we're doing the we're doing the whole thing um 
So we're doing the theater. We're doing the pearls. We're doing Joe Chill. Um, yeah. yeah. The, the worst line of dialogue in either of these issues is, "I'll never be over the yeah. night Joe Chill killed my parents." Yeah. <laughs> well, I I actually got to tip my hat to Williamson for that one because he is he's saying the quiet DC part out loud. Yeah. I, I think I he's doing right. it on purpose. You know. Maybe so. <laughs> I don't know, man. It doesn't make I, it any more. No, it doesn't. To read. <laughs> it doesn't. No, I totally agree. But I do. I I read that and I chuckled to my. I had a sensible chuckle. <laughs> yep. To you myself. Were sensible chuckle at the time. I was. This is sensible chuckle. The comic. Yeah. And I and I said, oh, that's yeah. You're right. You never will get over it. <laughs> Finally, he's honest about it. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. The March art here is good. Uh. Except and this this is not on him. This is probably on the letterer, but it's very. If you go to the scene with all the gravestones, it's very funny to me that <laughs> every gravestone is in the exact same font, except Barbara Gordon's is in like Times New Roman or something, and it just makes me laugh that somebody. I don't know. It clearly that was supposed to be somebody else's grave, and oh. they changed it at the last minute and just put Barbara. Gordon on there because it's it's half blocked by Jim Gordon's, but it looks nothing like the rest of the other graves, and that's that's funny to me. Yeah, that's um, interesting. So so conspiracy theory time. Who do we think that grave said? Um, James Gordon Jr. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Also funny to me is that hey, Duke Thomas still exists. They put his name yeah. on his comic. Can't remember the last time Duke was here. He does. He's out there. Yeah. Um, that also, drawing of that drawing of insomnia as a Robin is mm-hmm. that's another really great Guillaume March bit. Yes. I, yes, I think that's a, yeah. a terrific design. And the way he's like his muscles are like popping out of this goofy little costume. <laughs> it's pretty great. We should also say that uh, child Bruce Wayne in the nightmare is basically heavy metal pioneer King Diamond. Like, looks just like King, with the eye makeup, looks just like King Diamond. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. Um, just saying that if this was a Scott Snyder comic slash a um Greg Capullo comic, I would think that was intentional, mm-hmm. but I don't know if if uh if uh Williamson or uh EM March is a big King Diamond fan, but um, yeah, anyway, uh, I didn't like this issue as much as Zach did, it sounds like. That moment with the pearls was really, really bad. Um, the art was it, it was also like kind of to Vince's point, though, maybe just like excessively on the nose. So I don't know. Benefit See, of the doubt, maybe. Here's the thing. I, I would believe that if and this is a big if, if there was any indication that there is a wink or a tongue and a cheek here. But I don't get that impression at all. Do you? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Um, um, I do have to say that the First Blood and the Batman issue of this are the two best of the first week. Oh, no. 
So if that's any indicator. Oh, no. Uh, maybe before we end this show, I will do a quick run through of the other ones. Yes, just please. Very please. brief. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, but uh, but. Um, but yeah, we'll 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 stick with this one for a bit. There's a backup. Do we want to talk about the backup? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Go ahead. So it's it's by Williamson and David Lafuente. I don't think it's Lafuente's best art it, either. It is not. Yeah, it's not. Um, one it's of the also real... a bad fit for this story, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the real problems with this series is that when it was announced, and you guys can attest to this, I DM'd you and I said, if nothing else, there are a bunch of artists on this that I like. And none of them are doing I like Gia March's stuff. Some of Gia March's stuff looks really good. I still don't think it's as good as like bat stuff we've seen from Gia March as recently as a year or two ago. I think every artist across the board is kind of doing like sub what we normally think of them <laughs> work on this. Um, so even if the names are good, I think the work is a little bit disappointing uh, across the board. Um, Damien kind of does what you were suggesting that maybe you thought Bruce was going to do, which is that Damien is learning how to stay awake right through this by, by studying the ancient scrolls. But again, the dialogue is so rote in this backup. He, he shows up in the desert to this like unnamed wizard or oracle or i don't know what <laughs> and they basically just start spouting like exposition at one another oh your your father was an old friend of mine what do you need of me we don't know anything about this guy and but he's gonna be like the key to damien understanding all of this it's it's all very rote and expository um, we've seen that a thousand times yeah yeah um but it again makes pretty clear that like Damien and Bruce are going to be the ones driving the the resolution to this thing. At least that's how it feels in the early stages. Yeah. So whether you think that sounds good or whether you think it's just same old, same old is up to you. But to me, it's like, I, I wish the vision for the DCU did not have to constantly go through Gotham. Uh Zach, what did you think of this? The backup, the Damien part. Yeah, I did not. I did not think much of it at all. <laughs> um, I agree. It's not the best left when they are. It's it felt very slight to me. Um, I'm glad that Damien like has a part in this, but um, yeah, I, I didn't think much of this story at all. Yeah. That's that that sums up my feelings pretty well. Uh anything else before we move on to Vince's uh sort of rapid fire check through the last of the of the other books for this week. Nope. Okay, Vincey, take us through. Okay, so um there's a Black Adam issue that for my money is the worst of any of these. Um it's I can't believe how how thin it is. I can't believe they're charging. What are they charging for these? I think it's, it's, at, least, it's, it's at least three ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, 
Black Adam shows up, fights some a nameless. Uh, what do they call them? The the uh, something knights, the uh, sleepless nights, right? The knights come a terror. <laughs> yeah, uh, gets like falls into this dream state. Keeps going. What the hell's going on? As he like fights again, various like nameless goons, and and says things like, "I'm gonna kill you," and. Uh, just so thin ends up running into a talking cat um, that does like soy MCU banter at him. <laughs> and then um, the comic ends. And it's, it's, it's really not good. It's so, Oh, the comic ends with Batman uh, showing up and saying, we need to talk. Like it's like, it's a, a, stinger for a dc movie that will never get a sequel <laughs> sure, sure you know the whole thing i mean it's it is paint by numbers everything you fear a book like this will be you know um ravager the ravager one is just an excuse for ed brisson to do more of the bad Stormwatch stuff that is going on with peacekeeper one and those characters um that was so, the one i actually thought might be interesting because i feel like Again, just a, a a combination of characters and story you wouldn't normally get. So yeah. maybe there'd be something interesting there, but I, I I didn't have a lot of hope for it. And you're telling me now I was correct. Well, I just don't I don't like the current Stormwatch stuff that's going on, and so this is just more of that. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Then G Willow Wilson has a Poison Ivy one, and I will say, I this one has a a decent premise but it's something we've i feel like we've also seen a lot and it's also very thin it feels like like the story that she's got going is only like half of a comic's worth and the, and it's a 20 page it's a full 20 pager and but it's um poison ivy finds herself in like a quote unquote idyllic suburban life which of course she hates mm-hmm. um because it's full of pesticides and you know, that idea is cute, but it just it's very repetitive. And it's it's something we've seen before where like, oh, Harley's uh, like a Stepford wife. And one cute part is that Bruce and Selena come over and Bruce is wearing like a he's wearing the cowl, but he's wearing a pink polo. <laughs> OK, but then, of course, of course, they like it evokes like the pink Batman costume from the from the Silver Age or when, whenever that was. Mm. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of cute, but it it quickly devolves into like, oh, these are dead-eyed, zombified psychos from the suburbs. That that whole thing, the nuclear family type thing, right? Yeah, it's just it's just been done so many times before, and there's nothing there's nothing novel here. It's cute at times, but again, like so inessential, it hurts. Um, and then there's a Joker one by Matthew Rosenberg, that is also some measure of satire it's like his nightmare is that bat is that he accidentally kills batman and then they can't have their back and forth anymore and so then he the joker gets an office job <laughs> um which again that's a cute premise that, that is a cute premise yes but it go i the, I, I don't like a lot of the, the humor is kind of lame i think rosenberg and i just don't mesh on humor i think that that has been borne out from like the other Joker stories that he's done. Um, 
and they get a, a couple of funny moments with the Joker as an office guy. But also I think it's a, jo- it's a joke that is again, beat to death over the course of an issue that I think is oversized too. I think this one is more than 20 pages. So they, they really beat kind of the one joke to death. There's a, there, the one part that I like is the Joker gets this job. It's, it's an office job at Wayne enterprises actually. Okay. And as soon as he gets a job in a computer, he gets onto their network and starts searching literally where is the money secret weapons projects. He's like putting in keywords to like get at all of Bruce Wayne's secrets. And I, I think it's just, it's the timing on that is funny. Like the minute he gets the job, he starts like compromising his position. Um, But it's just, it goes on for too long and, and it's just a premise that gets worn pretty thin. That sounds like um, a Rosenberg book. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. Didn't, didn't love it, but uh, yeah. So, so I don't know. Um, the ones we talked about, I, I think are the most essential. They're the ones that clearly matter most to the ongoing story. They're also probably the best. And that's really just on the strength of the art. Um. Yeah, I don't know if I have much more to say than that. Yeah, I mean, if, if Brian, the producer, likes that you're reading these because it makes for a good part of our show, <laughs> uh, Brian, the friend, hopes you stop. Well, I, I have to say, I don't know how much further I'm going to go on that. Okay. Oh, also, there's a bit in this uh, in this Joker issue, and I don't, I don't think this is intended. I think I'm, I'm probably reading into something here. <laughs> I'm not suggesting anything about any of the creators. But there is an old man who uh, gets a, a freighter hijacked by the Joker and his goons. They have like a, a uranium shipment or something that's coming into Gotham Harbor. The old man that's running the freighter gets stabbed and killed. And he looks a lot like Anthony Fauci. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I don't think oh that's boy. I don't think that's intentional. I really don't. But. Oh, boy. But when I saw him, I was like, that's Dr. Fauci. <laughs> and the Joker killed him. <laughs> uh, now that's a Fauci ouchie, am I right? <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Ugh. Well, Vince, uh, on that same tick, what is coming out next week? Next week, we got uh, Superman Lost, number five, Night Terrors, number one. Unstoppable Doom Patrol 4, World's Finest Teen Titans number one, um, Danger Street 7, Night Terrors Green Lantern number one, Night Terrors Robin number one, Batman Incorporated 10, Spirit World 3, Night Terrors Shazam number one, Night Terrors The Flash number one, Night Terrors Zatanna number one, Wildcats number nine, uh, Multiversity Harley Screws Up the DCU number five, um, and the Batman Scooby-Doo Mysteries number 10. Well... Uh, if you need to find two thirds of us on Twitter, uh, I am a, I am still there at Brian is an app, and I am at the woke of Z. If you need to find Vince, he is now and forever trying to chase the high of a Taylor Swift show. Oh man, it's gonna be a cruel summer. Hmm. He made it even crueler by having to read all these shitty night terrors. <laughs> so, thanks for listening, folks. Talk to you next time. Bye. I feel like Vince is going to come out being as uh, highest on this. Oh, I don't know. I don't know.
you were gonna read the whole event not not three weeks ago don't forget that <laughs> yeah i'm quickly abandoning that 